0: Thank you for joining me for daily liturgy and scripture. Today we will be reading Psalm chapter 90, 1 Kings chapter 20, and 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 13. Before we begin, let's say together the Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. For you, a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear. They are like grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us, some even live to 80, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see your glory, and may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. First Kings chapter 20. About that time, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mobilized his army, supported by the chariots and horses of 32 allied kings. They went to besiege Samaria, the capital of Israel, and launched attacks against it. Ben-Hadad, sent messengers to the city to relay this message to King Ahab of Israel. This is what Ben-Hadad says, Your silver and gold are mine, and so are your wives and the best of your children. All right, my lord, the king, Israel's king, replied, All that I have is yours. Soon Ben-Hadad's messengers returned again and said, This is what Ben-Hadad says, I have already demanded that you give me your silver, gold, wives, and children. But about this time tomorrow, I will send my officials to search your palace and the homes of your officials. They will take away everything you consider valuable. Then Ahab summoned all the elders of the land and said to them, Look how this man is stirring up trouble. I already agreed with his demand that I give him my wives and children, silver, and gold. Don't give in to any more demands, all the elders and the people advised. So Ahab told the messengers from Ben-Hadad, Say this to the Lord, my king. I will give you everything you ask for the first time, but I cannot accept this last demand of yours. So the messengers returned to Ben-Hadad with that response. Then Ben-Hadad sent this message to Ahab, May the gods strike me and even kill me if there remains enough dust from Samaria to provide even a handful for each of my soldiers. The king of Israel sent back this answer, A warrior putting on his sword for battle should not boast like a warrior who has already won. Ahab's reply reached Ben-Hadad and the other kings as they were drinking in their tents. Prepare to attack, Ben-Hadad commanded his officers, so they prepared to attack the city. Then a certain prophet came to see King Ahab of Israel and told him, This is what the Lord says. Do you see all these enemy forces? Today I will hand them all over to you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ahab asked, How will he do it? And the prophet replied, This is what the Lord says. The troops of the provincial commanders will do it. Should we attack first? Ahab asked. Yes, the prophet answered. So Ahab mustered the troops of the 232 provincial commanders. Then he called out the rest of the army of Israel, some 7,000 men. About noontime, as Ben-Hadad and the 32 allied kings were still in their tents, drinking themselves into a stupor, the troops of the provincial commanders marched out of the city as the first contingent. As they approached, Ben-Hadad's scouts reported to him, some troops are coming from Samaria. Take them alive, Ben-Hadad commanded, whether they have come for peace or for war. But Ahab's provincial commanders and the entire army had now come out to fight. Each Israelite soldier killed his Aramean opponent, and suddenly the entire Aramean army panicked and fled. The Israelites chased them, but Ben-Hadad and a few of his charioteers escaped on horses. However, the king of Israel destroyed the other horses and chariots and slaughtered the Arameans. Afterward, the prophet said to King Ahab, get ready for another attack. Begin making plans now for the king of Aram will come back next spring. After their defeat, Ben-Hadad's officers said to him, the Israelite gods are gods of the hills. That is why they won. But we can beat them easily on the plains. Only this time replace the kings with field commanders. Recruit another army like the one you lost. Give us the same number of horses, chariots, and men, and we will fight against them on the plains. There's no doubt that we can beat them. So King Ben-Hadad did as they suggested. The following spring, he called up the Aramean army and marched out against Israel, this time at Afek, Israel then mustered its army, set up supply lines, and marched out for battle. But the Israelite army looked like two little flocks of goats in comparison to the vast Aramean forces that filled the countryside. Then the man of God went to the king of Israel and said, This is what the Lord says. The Arameans have said, The Lord is a god of the hills and not of the plains, so I will defeat this vast army for you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The two armies camped opposite each other for seven days, and on the seventh day the battle began. The Israelites killed a 100,000 Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest fled into the town of Aphek, but the wall fell on them and killed another 27,000. Ben-Hadad fled into the town and hid in a secret room. Ben Hadad's officers said to him, Sir, we have heard that the kings of Israel are merciful, so let's humble ourselves by wearing burlap around our waists and putting ropes on our heads and surrender to the king of Israel. Then perhaps he will let you live. So they put on burlap and ropes, and they went to the king of Israel and begged, Your servant Ben Hadad says, Please let us live. The king of Israel responded, "'Is he still alive? "'He is my brother.' The men took this as a good sign and quickly picked up on his words. "'Yes,' they said, "'your brother Ben-Hadad.' "'Go and get him,' the king of Israel told them. And when Ben-Hadad arrived, Ahab invited him up into his chariot. Ben-Hadad told him, "'I will give back the towns my father took from your father, "'and you may establish places of trade in Damascus "'as my father did in Samaria.' Then Ahab said, "'I will release you under these conditions.' So they made a new treaty, and Ben-Hadad was set free. Meanwhile, the Lord instructed one of the group of prophets to say to another man, Hit me. But the man refused to hit the prophet. Then the prophet told him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, a lion will kill you as soon as you leave me. And when he had gone, a lion did attack and kill him. Then the prophet turned to another man and said, Hit me. So he struck the prophet and wounded him. The prophet placed a bandage over his eyes to disguise himself, and then waited beside the road for the king. As the king passed by, the prophet called out to him, Sir, I was in the thick of a battle, and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner. He said, Guard this man. If for any reason he gets away, you will die or pay a fine of seventy-five pounds of silver. But while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. Well, it's your own fault, the king replied. You have brought the judgment on yourself. Then the prophet quickly pulled the bandage from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. The prophet said to him, This is what the Lord says. Because you have spared the man I said must be destroyed, you must now die in his place, and your people will die instead of his people. So the king of Israel went home to Samaria angry and sullen. 1 Peter 4.7-5.13 The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well and serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for He will never fail you. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I, too, am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I, too, will share in His glory when He is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God don't lord it over the people assigned to your care but lead them by your good example and when the great shepherd appears you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor in the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another for god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so humble yourselves under the mighty power of god and at the same time he will lift you up in honor Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to Him forever. Amen. I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you, Stand firm in this grace. Your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, as does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. Now join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.